I want to preach today for a little while, though. Is that okay? Man, I, I want to direct your attention to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 41. <clears throat> okay, and we're going to read down through verse 50. How many brought your Bible? If you brought your Bible, raise it up. That's all right. If it's a device, that's all right. Amen. Listen, this thing will change your life. Man, bring your Bible to church, but it, don't, don't feel condemned or convicted. We've got it up for you because I've forgotten my Bible before. So, But bring your Bible. God will bless you for that. Luke chapter 2, verse 41. His parents. Now, it's talking about Joseph and Mary here. His parents, Jesus' parents, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem as they did annually, according to the custom of this feast. When they had finished the days, or the celebration was over, they returned. The boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company or the folks they were traveling with, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances so that when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. Go figure, right? So when they saw him, they were amazed. And isn't, you know, Mama, Mama Bear said something first. Come on, Mama, somebody say amen. amen. Mother was not happy. She said, son, why have you done this to us? Does that not sound like an anxious mother, anybody here? I'm not being critical, but doesn't it sound like that? Why have you done this? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. I can almost see Joseph going, yeah, yeah. Tell him, Mary. And he said unto them, why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And the Bible sums that whole story up, or most of it, by saying, but they did not understand the statement that he spoke to them. I want to try to preach to you the understanding of the statement that Jesus made. So just for a little while, would you indulge me and let me preach to you about losing Jesus. And look to somebody to your right and your left and say, oh, you don't want to lose Jesus. You don't want to lose Jesus. I want to preach losing Jesus. Lay your Bibles down. Lift your hands to heaven. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord. You have been so good to us. Your presence has been in this place. Already your word's been in this house, been spoken and, and been shared with one another. We thank you, Lord, for the, the praise and the worship that we're allowed to give up to you. And we thank you for, God, the answer of your presence in the middle of that praise and worship. Now we open up our hearts. And God, we just pull down every barrier and every stronghold and we just open up our hearts for you to say exactly what you need to say to us and what we need to hear. And we give you praise for that ahead of time in Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. 
Would you help me to praise him? Clap your hands to the Lord. Let's praise him for his word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated. The year, I believe, was 1994. I was a new father uh, just months, months into being a new father. Uh, my oldest son was less than a year old. I still remember, still in one of them car seats. And um, we, it was a, a Sunday night. We had, we had service back then on Sunday night, too. Not instead of Sunday morning. We had it on Sunday night. Anybody remember that? Yeah. So uh, dad was my pastor, and he had just preached a great message. And uh, service had been dismissed. And, and we did what good Pentecostal folks do after church. We went out to eat. And every Sunday night, we would go to the same place. Oh, I felt a witness in the spirit. Avanti's. That's right. It was our haunt. We'd go there every Sunday night. The one on campus, the original one. The one out there wasn't even out there then, I think, out in Route 9. We'd go to Avanti's. And, um, and so we got there that night. <clears throat> and being the, <clears throat> excuse me, the good husband that I am, I let my wife out at the door. And uh, uh, me and the boy, I didn't have the other kids then, me and the boy, we went and parked the car. And so got out of the car, got, uh, went into Avani's, sat down, ordered, and uh, we're sitting there. And uh, I was thinking about her, actually, uh, it, was, it was Gwen Threlfall, and I miss her today. Um, it was Gwen Threlfall that was uh, sitting across from me, and I still can hear her voice in my brain. I'm not kidding you. I can, I can hear her saying this. Where's the baby? And it dawns on me, I have left my newborn child in the car. I, I mean, I didn't even say anything. Everybody just, their eyes got this big. And I ran, I bolted for the door and I ran outside. And thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. I opened the door and there he was, asleep in his little car thing. I brought him in. DCFS was not called. He made it. Uh, there's probably some things wrong with him today because of it. I'm sure there's some long-lasting effects. But yes, I'm here to admit, and I feel like with this message, I need to admit, I have lost my child before. Is there anybody else that's lost your child? Anybody? All right, thank you, ma'am. God bless you. The rest of these people are liars. Because, <laughs> because once or twice that's, that's happened, and and, and you and I, we're in good company. We're in very good company because Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. I mean, Bradley's important, don't get me wrong, but Jesus. In fact, here's how bad it was, folks. Listen, they, they left him behind and went a day's journey. Okay, now look, I'm just, I'm not trying to compare. I'm not trying to pump myself up, but I mean, he might have been out there maybe two minutes. Okay, let's just say five to be concerned. Maybe, oh, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 10 minutes, probably within that. They got out, got with all their friends, got in the car, so to speak, and went a day's journey before it ever struck their mind. Hey, 
Where's Jesus? A day. And so if you go a day's journey, what do you have to do to go back? They walked back a day's journey. Two days have passed. And then the Bible says they searched for him for three days. Now, that's a lot of time to lose your child. But, and we can be very critical of them, I'm sure. I'm sure we could, we could say, you know what, that was poor parenting. You know, I can't believe this is who God chose, right? Uh, we can have all kinds of criticism from Mary and Joseph. But the truth of the matter is, don't feel so bad, because there's a lot of folks that lose Jesus. In fact, many people lose them day in and day out. Just like Mary and Joseph, they wake up one day. They come to their senses and they turn around and they look circumspectly. They look at the landscape of their lives and said, wait a minute, he was with us. He was here. I know he was here. There's no doubt in my mind, but he doesn't seem to be anywhere where I can see him now. What should be here is not here anymore. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, it used to be, if you find yourself saying, you know what it used to be, or you find yourself thinking, I, I, I wasn't always where I am right now. If you find yourself even admittedly saying he's not as close as maybe he once was, or even worse, he's nowhere to be found. I don't even know how to connect with him anymore. I want to tell you something. The truth is this. God never hides himself. He's not hidden from you. He's not a search and find or a seek and find. He's not, a, he's not some sort of a, a, a puzzle that you've got to figure out. He's not trying to make it help somebody next to you. Tell them, say, he's not trying to make it hard on you. The truth of the matter is he's not hidden. It's just that we tend to move from his proximity. We tend to move further away. I guess what I'm trying to tell you is maybe a little bit of, little bit of, uh, of admitting some faults of myself the times where I've felt like that, the times where I've woke up and turned around and said, wait a minute, where am I at and where is he at and why are things different now and why do I feel the way I feel and why I'm in the circumstances that I'm in, why am I in the season that I am in? On close inspection, I've figured out it wasn't ever because that he pulled away from me. It was never because he said, you know what, I'm getting kind of sick of your attitude, Brad. It was never because he was disgusted with my performance. It was always because I pulled away from him. Now, when you think about that concept, I don't know about you, but me, I'm like, why would you ever? Why would you ever? If God is who he is, if you know all the things, you know, last week I preached about the Holy Ghost and all the things the Holy Ghost does and all the great things that God is. I mean, logically, why would you ever? pull away from something so spectacular? Why would you ever allow anybody or anything to get in the way between you and something as supernatural as the power of God in your life? And I'm, I'm with you, except that it's a whole lot easier than you think to find yourself there. Living with thoughts of what used to be instead of this is how it is. How it should be is how it is. You can lose Jesus in a crowd. You can be in a crowd of a lot of people celebrating him. 
You can be in the midst of a gathering of folks that are calling his name. You can be in a church. Let's just bring it right here. You can be in this sanctuary today and have his presence all around you. You can have people who love him all around you, but still feel very disconnected from the very God that you're supposedly here worshiping. The Bible says it this way. What was true of Mary and Joseph at times is true of me and it's true of you. They supposed him to be in the company. They just, they just assumed that he's in the crowd that I'm running in. He's in the circumstances that I'm in. I, I turned up, but then they looked and, and they looked at reality and figured out he's not here. He's not in this life that I'm living. He's not in these circumstances that I'm in. Now, I've learned as a parent since I was 22 years old, I've learned a couple things, okay? I'm a papa now. Here's what I figured out. Kids are crazy. You got to watch them all the time. You, 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 can't, you can't just assume they're okay up there in that bedroom playing in their room. No, they will tear your house apart. You got to watch kids. I've learned. I've learned since 23 years old. Nay, I have learned that once in a while, it's just got to come up into your brain and check. Are they here or are they not? What I've learned as a parent, I've also learned as a child of God. There comes some times where you've just got to check and look around and make sure. Is he still present? Is he still here? Not because he walks somewhere else, but because there's a tendency of us in our flesh to drift away from the very things that save us and help us and make us. We have a tendency to drift. And the Bible said they just supposed that he was there. But when they finished the days, they returned. But the Bible says the boy Jesus, he lingered in Jerusalem. Listen, there's going to be times in your life where God will linger. That's why you got to check about where he's at because sometimes God will linger. He'll say, no, you're not going to move from this spot right here because there's work to be done. You're not going to go any further or do anything else because some kind God lingers. I'm here to tell somebody the reason why you find yourself at times out of season is not because he didn't come with you. It's because you left where he wanted you to be. That's good. I don't care if you think so or not. The irony about this celebration, the Passover that Mary and Joseph went to, the irony of it is that it was all about Jesus. No, no, no. It's about the Passover in the Old Testament. Yeah. It was all about their 12-year-old son. Paul would tell us in Colossians, in hindsight, he said, in him, in that 12-year-old, in that boy Jesus Christ, dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All of God was in that human body. He was the Passover. He would be the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It was him that they were celebrating. But Mary and Joseph did what we all tend to do. They got distracted by the crowd and they lost track of Jesus. They supposed him to have been in their everyday life and all the stuff they were doing, all the priorities they were making and all the choices that they were making. They just supposed that Jesus was along for the ride. Jesus was just there. And then they turn around at some point, a day's journey away, and they said, he's not 
What are we talking about today when I talk about the crowd? You got to understand, when they went to Jerusalem, it was some 65. Then that day, Nazareth was some about 65 miles away from Jerusalem. There were no cars. There were pretty good Roman roads, but there were no cars. And so they had to walk 65 miles. The next time you get upset about getting up and going to church, just thank God it's not 65 miles of walking. I didn't even have that in my notes. The Holy Ghost just hit me right there. 65 miles they walked. And they would walk together. It wasn't just them. It'd be like all of us. We're in Bloomington and we're going to go. All right, we, you know, the, the church is in Springfield. We're all going to get together. We're going to the same place, right? They caravan together. The families got together. Son, now come on, get all the grandkids, everybody. We just get in one car and we'll go. They caravan together. So when they went to the Passover, they would go in great crowds. So you can kind of understand. We just thought he was playing with the kids. We just thought he was wandering around in this big old conglomerate of people traveling together. But they look and they find, they check, start checking. They check with all their friends. Hey, have you seen him? Uh, Easton's missing. Have you seen? They check. Have, have, you, have you seen my son? Have you seen uh, anybody looking? They, they check with their acquaintances, the Bible says. They look through all these things and all the crowd. And they had gotten so hung up with traveling with the crowd that they missed taking Jesus with them. If I had a dime for every time I've watched people get infatuated with everything around Jesus and lose their focus on Jesus, I'd be a rich man. I'm preaching to somebody today and telling you that the middle of all this is not all this peripheral stuff. The middle of ministry is not all the things on the outside. It's not the people. It's not all those relationships. Everything is about Jesus. And when you lose focus of that, you can find yourself miles down the road without any purpose, no connection, dead in your spirit, scratching your head wondering, where did I leave him? The crowd's different these days, but yet it's the same. The crowd we face are our friends and family and acquaintances, interests, ministry, life, circumstances, seasons. And that crowd all surrounds Jesus and what he's doing in this earth. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not making the crowd the devil. I'm just telling you, those are things that go along with him. He came. There's a lot of people that come with Jesus. Amen? And I thank God for it because the crowd can be encouraging. The crowd can be, it can be wonderful. The crowd can be helpful, but it also can be distracting. And if it's well used in the wrong way, viewed in the wrong way, all the things around Jesus can even become dangerous. Because where Jesus is, there are people. Has anybody ever noticed that? Where Jesus really is, people gather. When he ministered, the Bible says that multitudes followed him. Why? Because there was something real and supernatural. He wasn't like the Pharisees. He wasn't, people were really getting healed. He was really speaking a word. And as it is then, it is today where Jesus really is. People show up. But here's the problem with people. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. People have baggage. And they bring that with them. Crowds can produce pain. 
Crowds can produce hurt. Crowds can produce offense. And crowds can be utterly exhausting and even produce work. This is normal because this is humanity. This is what surrounds Jesus. This is what he does. And it's imperfect. It's imperfect around him. That's why you got to focus on him because he's the only perfect thing in the middle of all of it. What do you do when you're struggling? You're struggling to find the perfect in the middle of a bunch of imperfection. What do you do when you're struggling with hurt and pain that's caused from the crowd of you just trying to get to the middle of where Jesus is? What do you do? I'm gonna tell you what you do. You don't pout. You don't run away. You don't say this ain't working anymore. You refocus your mind and you realize this isn't about them or that or this other thing or this season or this circumstance. This is about Jesus. What do you do when you're trying to navigate that crowd and you turn around and say, where'd he go? When you feel alone or disconnected, when you're hyper-focused on your circumstance or your season, when you're weary with just traveling and you just want to get home, what do you do? What do you do when you lose something? I'm going to tell you what you do. You go back the last time you saw him. Anybody ever lost anything? I mean, really lost anything. This is not a, this is a carnal question, okay? Don't get over spiritual with, with me. Anybody ever lost, anybody ever lost your keys? And then some helpful soul comes along and asks you the dumbest question on the planet. Well, where'd you lose them? Come on, Anybody? If I knew where I lost them, they wouldn't be lost. I'd go right there. But then others ask more helpful questions. There's this, there's this, um, this, this uh, a site, this site called, anybody ever heard of Wikipedia? Okay. This is called WikiHow. Ever heard of WikiHow.life? Go look at it. Don't take my word for it. Go look at it. And you can... I'd like to know how, and then you can fill in the blank. If you want to know how to mow your lawn, if you want to know how to plant things, I mean, just whatever it is, it's wiki how. And they've got actually pretty good advice about if you lose, what do I do if I lose something? Number one, they got a lot of things. Some of them are silly, but there's two main things I really agree with. The first thing they say is you determine not where they are, but the last time that you saw them. If you lose something, number one, wiki how says you start by remembering the last place that you saw it. Number two, start thinking how you were thinking when you saw it last. See, here's what I'm gonna tell you. If you're sitting here disconnected and you're sitting here, you know, maybe even discontented and you're sitting here today or you're listening today and you're saying, I just don't know where he's at anymore, let me give you some sound advice. Go back to the place where you knew he was there, where you knew you could feel him, where you knew he was in charge and start thinking now like you were thinking then. Because if it worked then... It will work now. Amen? 
How many of you, you know you've got a time in your life, you know God was involved there. You know he was close. If he's not close anymore, honey, just go back. Just go back to that place where you knew you saw him last. How are you thinking? How are you living? How are you deciding and choosing when Jesus was with you? When you had spiritual success, when you were making spiritual progress, start thinking like that. And here's what the Bible says about Mary and Joseph. It was after three days. Everybody say three days. Now, I gotta be careful because when you preach, people, people believe you. And so it's important that you preach things right. Okay, so this is a possibility, but here's what strikes me. Three days, they found him where? Where they find him? In the temple. Three days. Now, maybe they checked there before. I don't know. Doesn't say. But it seems that the scripture implies that they went back to Jerusalem and they searched for three days. It took them three days to go back to the church to look for him. Now, I don't know if it's for sure, but it seems to read that way. That three days, three days of searching, it's entirely possible that that took them three days to look at the church, the place where they were, the place they came from, the place they came to, and the reason for their whole journey. They looked everywhere else, and after three days of anxiously Awaiting some sort of good news. Somebody, Joseph married somebody, a friend and acquaintance, said, why don't we just go back to the tabernacle, to the temple? Let's go back to the church. Just maybe where we left him is where I can find him. The Bible says, so when they saw him, now this is also amazing, they, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, you, look what you've done to us. And your father and I have sought anxiously. And only Jesus could tell his mama this. The rest of us would die an instant death. But Jesus looks at his mama. And there's a truth here for us. Don't miss it. He says to them, why are you looking for me? What's up with the search? Did you not know I would be about my father's business? If you'll allow me to paraphrase and not maybe know. interject a little of my own commentary about why have you spent three days business. looking around? If you allow me to paraphrase and why would maybe you interject a little what, of my own commentary? You know? Why have Who you spent I am? three days? Do you looking remember the whole Bethlehem and stars? Why would you not and, start? And, and shepherds, you remember you know? all that? Yeah. Well, Who I am? Why would you not think you remember the whole Bethlehem and stars and, 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 other and, and shepherds? Like remember this. all that? Didn't yeah. you know? Well, why would you not think that the Amplified I'd be says? Did you not see and know that it is necessary as a duty for me to be in my father's house? The Amplified says, and be occupied about my father's necessary as a Jesus said, this is where you should have looked all along. Have looked and in the house of God first. About you should have started right business. here. Oh, that Jesus place is imperfect. This is where you yes, should have looked all along. But that imperfection looked in the house of God. A perfect God that is making right imperfect here. people oh, more perfect yes, like Him every single day. You can't find better help that is in the house of the Lord. You can't find better relief than in this house right here. You can't find better help than in the house of the Lord. You can't find better relief than in this house right here. You can't find Better answers. Have the same struggle with. They understood right here. not 
the same, but the Bible says what many of us have the same struggle with. They and as a postscript to this whole story, saying, Bible says in verse 51, and he went down with them. And as a postscript to this whole story, he's a good kid. He was Bible subject unto them. Verse 51. But then there's this little he went down with his them. mother. And he came to all these he's a good kids. He was subject unto them. Now remember, but then who wrote the book of Luke? At the end, but his mother kept all these Luke things wrote in her heart. Luke. Now remember, Do you know where who he wrote got the his book information? Of Luke? The Bible says that he interviewed Luke. He investigated people who were eyewitnesses. You know where he got his information? Of the Jesus Bible says life. He Luke was written by Luke. And he investigated later people who, who sought to write with great accuracy of Jesus life. after investigating Luke the eyewitnesses who were there later at the moment of the story. With Mary was there. After you can almost hear and I, I, This is a little conjecture, but you can almost the hear of those two dialogues Mary in her interview. You can almost hear she says, you know what? We didn't understand, but you can here. We didn't understand at the time what he was in saying. Her we were just so fraught with, with, with anxiety and worry. We didn't worry. understand the circumstances were clouding our vision. We didn't understand at the time what he was saying. I'll never forget what he said. I'll never forget he said, why you think anything else? I'm going to work in my house. It's always open for business. It's never closed. I'm here to tell somebody, I'm going to work in my house. It's always open for business. It's never closed. I'm here to tell somebody, he's I'm going to let Mary testify. This house is never closed. You are the power of God in your life. Alive. It's never when run away. He's or circumstances. Or Satan himself tells you that God you is moving far away. No, 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 friend. He's always where he Or circumstances. You just got to Satan himself tells you that God has moved far away. No, 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 friend. He's always where he's been. You just got to come close. No. Find me. I've kept house. these sayings in my heart. I've got a duty to be here. Never forget what and he I'm said. I'm always you open for business. Find me. But let me give you just one little more bit. Good. I've got a duty to be good here. news. And I'm always open for just business. Just one more little bit of good news. But let me give you just one little more bit. If you can't good find him, bit of good news. If you can't find him, just one more little bit of good news. He will find you. If you can't find him, listen. You know what I've? If you can't find him, I've witnessed. He will find you. There is nobody that's beyond the grace and the power and the reach and the hand of God. Nobody. Nobody. But you know what I found out? I found out that people can get so messed up in their minds and their belief system that it's not that God can't reach them. It's that in their own infinite damaged selves, they can't seem to reach for him. Now that seems like that's a permanent disconnection. But the great news is Jesus knew our limitations and he knew the damage that could be done by circumstances and seasons and people. And he knew the hard times that people possibly could have in reaching and connecting with him. And so he made sure that if you couldn't within yourself find it to make it to him, that he'd come to you. I've heard, not heard, I've seen several places, these bumper stickers ever seen them? They say, all who wander are not lost. Oh, that's such a cute little saying. I always want to add to it or maybe just make my own bumper sticker. All who wander are not lost, but they're not close to anything. They're far away and pulled away from everything. And Jesus addressed this this issue of wandering. 
He, he showed his agenda for those of us that at times, because of the life we try to live, even in looking for him, we tend to drift. Here, here's what he said. In Luke 15, some, some years later, he tells three stories. Three stories. The first one is about a shepherd who had 100 sheep. And one of them got out of the pen, got out of the fold, and he went after. He said, that shepherd, he'll leave the 99, secure in the fold. And he'll go, and he'll go to the mountains, and the, he'll go to the pastures. He'll go. They're in trouble. He'll find him. And when he finds him, he said, I'll, he'll take that sheep. He'll put it on his shoulders. They don't even have to walk back. And he'll take them back and put them in the fold. He told a second story about a woman who had 10 pieces of silver, part of her dowry, or if you'll put it this way, her inheritance. And the Bible said that in his story that this woman, she lost one of those pieces. This was not just a trinket. This was a lot of money. And the Bible said she lit a candle. She got as much light as she could. And she swept the house until she found the piece of silver. She called all her friends, said, rejoice with me. Because what was lost is found. He told a third story of a young man who demanded his inheritance early like a brat. And then he went and he wasted that inheritance and came home with his tail tucked in between his legs like a, like a dog who's been beat and says, and it, but, but his father sees him coming, the Bible says, from a long way off. And instead of condemning him and instead of telling him all the things he'd done wrong, he embraces him and he restores him and he calls everybody together and says rejoice. In all three instances, the plan is wandering lost things get found by Jesus. And when they are found, listen to me, don't miss what Jesus does with what he finds he brings it back home. He didn't go find the one. He so he said, okay, I'm going to empower you in your wandering. I'm going to wander out here with you. He said, no, you get on my shoulders. I'm going to carry you back, back to the fold. I'm going to bring you back to the house of God. She, she didn't find that one piece of silver and said, okay, I'm going to keep this separate from everything. No, no, no. I went and looked for it because it is part of my inheritance. It's supposed to be right here. He didn't say, the son said, look, you're going to cause a lot of trouble, son. Your older brother's going to be upset if you know the story. He's going to be upset. It's going to cause a lot of conflict, a lot of trouble. I'm just going to build you a little house and you and I will have a relationship. No. He said, no, you get in here and I'm pulling everybody together because what was lost? is now found and it doesn't belong out there it belongs in here in all three instances the plan is to get people back in the fold to rejoin people with his priceless treasure of the church and to restore people back to the family so if you can't find him don't be worried. He'll find you. Would you stand with me here this morning? Heaven rejoices. Rejoices. And when missing things come home or are put back in place. And the heart of God for all of us is for us to be close to him. It's why James would make a statement in the fourth chapter of his book. Draw nigh to God 
and he'll draw nigh unto you. So if today, for one circumstance, or one reason or another, if you hurt, if you're tired, if you're overwhelmed, if in the crowd of your life, you have found that there's just even the slightest bit of a lack of presence of Jesus. If you've ever found yourself this week saying something at, like, where is he at? Why is he not close? I'm just here to tell you, you go back. You go back to where he'll always be in this house where you can always expect him to be. He's always going. He, he showed up to be on duty today. He's on duty and he's here to embrace folks. He's here to welcome folks in. He is never closed for business. He will find you. He will call you and put you on your shoulders. He'll sweep the house till he finds you. He'll embrace and restore all that you need that might have been lost. Maybe it was squandered. And maybe worse, it was wasted. But God's got a ring to put on your finger and a robe to put on your back. And he's here today for the wanderer. He's here today. He's here today. He's saying, look, why are you seeking for me in a million different places? Don't you know? There's an altar for you today. Don't go out anywhere else. Don't try to look for anything else. Come on, come to an altar today. He's in this house. Is there anybody today? Come on. I know somebody's got to have some pain. Somebody's got to have some hurt. This is where you lay it down. This is where the burdens become light. This is a time where Jesus becomes real. Come on, step out of your seat. Step out of your seat. Let the Word of God motivate you today. Let Him tell you that you're not alone. Don't just take my word for it. Let Jesus speak to you in an altar today and tell you, welcome home. Welcome home. I've been here all along. Every Sunday I've been searching for you. Every service I've been reaching for you. Welcome home. Welcome home. I'm here. I'm on duty. The shop's never been closed. Come on, is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? From the slightest thing to the greatest thing. Don't let the crowd get in your way. Maybe I just need 10 minutes to focus my mind and my family and my job and my living back on Jesus. Maybe I just realized I got all this other stuff I'm worried about. And that's just the stuff that comes along with it. It's him that's at the middle. God, I focus on you today. Come on, lift your hands all over the house all over the house, even right back there in your seat. Come on, he can find you back there. He can find you in that pew. He can find you at this altar on this platform. Come on, his presence is here. This message is not on accident, it's on purpose. It's here to embrace, it's here to to restore. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, move right now. Move right now. Move right now. Come on, that's it. Lift your hands. Close your eyes if you have to. Seek Him, worship Him. Push back and push past. I'm going back to where I first felt you, Lord. 
I'm going back to where I know I can find you. I'm going back to that place. I don't know where else to look. I've been searching for three days, trying to get rid of this and make this right. And I can't find you anywhere, Jesus. But here I am in the house. And here you are telling me you should have been looking here all along. He's here. He's here. Come on, reach for him. That's it. Let the presence of the Lord minister to you right now where you're at. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here. He's doing it. If you open your heart, he'll do it right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Every bit of pain, every bit of hurt, every bit of the people issue, all that stuff is going to melt away in the presence of God right now. What years of trying to find answers to, moment after moment, wasted time after time. God said, I'll do it in an instant. I'll do it in an instant. Come on, let's praise Him. Let's praise Him.